Well, today started as a wrestling match. It was a wrestling match that began about the end of September. And it was a wrestling match that began with an email. It was a short little email, just three or four lines, I think. And it was an email that kicked off a battle. Pastor Craig sent me an email at the end of September, and he said, Hey, Megan, I just I feel the urge to ask you if you'd share a message with our friends at Prairie Bible on, on December 27th. And I said, I read that, and I read it again. And at the end of the message, he said, he said, just pray about it a little bit. Just wrestle with God. I said, well, I can do that. So I immediately suited up. And I have to tell you a little side story here. I was in the band. I know nothing about suiting up for a wrestling match. But I went with it because I was bound and determined to take my own road. And I began to think about all the reasons how and why today just wouldn't work. How and why today just didn't fit my schedule. And I I got creative, and I I took off on this idea that just perhaps maybe this year was the year I was going to go all out on exterior illumination. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation style, like light up the whole neighborhood. We have a long lane. I have 20-plus trees down my lane. I had schemes in my head how I could light those trees with some creative engineering. I didn't have time to prepare a message and give it well. This whole time as I'm having visions of twinkle lights and sugar plums, the Holy Spirit is quietly talking to me. But I'm pushing him aside. I'm saying, my will be done. And pretty soon, he turns up the megaphone. Pretty soon, he captures my attention. It's a megaphone that goes over my symphony of all things holiday decor. And it's the simple words that I say so frequently he used back with me. They're these words that I pray as I come to visit with you, as I come to teach children in the middle of chaos, going into a calm situation, stepping into school and knowing that I need to wear a mask for four hours, whatever it is. I say these words, and the Holy Spirit brought them right back to me. They were simple. He said, Remember, Megan, not your will be done, but mine. Not your will be done, Lord, but my will. The match was over. The Holy Spirit called me a hypocrite, and he was right. I'm willing to give him three minutes before a meal, but not the whole meal. So often I'm willing to give him 20 to 30 minutes at the beginning of my day, but not my schedule. The Holy Spirit called me out, and I'm here today. I'd love to take a look back at 2020, look ahead at 2021, and I'd like to frame it with what the Holy Spirit left on my plate. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. As we have an opportunity to walk down that road, let's take a little look back at 2020. And I feel when we think about it in not my will, There's a whole lot of not my will in 2020. And if we we look at that as a collective whole and say 2020 is compared to the last decade, 
2020 takes the cake of not my will. And I know we've had a lot of opportunities to look back. And so I want to take a little quick look back for this illustration to hit home, hopefully. So we're just going to go through my top five here, and I hope these are similar to you. You guys will have more specifics, and it'll get more in-depth, and it might be more painful. I'm just going to cover the surface. We have March, and we have something that emerged as coronavirus turned into COVID-19, and we had no idea. It's still on our back, and we're still walking through it. It's ugly. It's isolating. And it left a path of destruction. We move on to uh, political tension. Yes, it was an election year. There was a presidential election at our doorstep. There's also some hotly contested seats across uh, the House and the Senate that would frame policy going forward. There was a lack of civil discourse and a breakdown of our discussions. There was separation of families over politics and policy. Not my will. We moved to the end of June, and we look into July. We had the racial tensions, things that um, broke into communities, small and large, and that really highlighted our need for a Savior who comes for all people of all nations. Not my will. We had a little windstorm that turned into a big storm in August, and it too left a path of destruction Praise the Lord, no lives were lost, but there were a whole lot of blue tarps, and there's a landscape that won't be the same for generations. And we still battle, especially our friends that are on the margins of the economic structure, to come back from that destruction in their space. Not my will. And we close with a a summary of the economy. I don't have many words. Perhaps it could be Shaky at best, crumbling at worst. We don't know what's coming in January, let alone next December. Not my will. So when we say, Lord, a logical person can say, these things are not my will, Lord. So are they yours? Ask the question. Go there. And I want you to hear no. Absolutely not. From the top of your head to the tip of your toes, we serve a good God. 2020, those uglies from 2020 are not his will. We can have confidence in that. So what's next? How do we connect the dots? Why? What was going on? If I told you that Jesus addressed just such a time as this, would you be surprised? I know you wouldn't, for those of you who know. For those of you who are not as familiar, praise the Lord, Jesus addressed just such a time as this. The chaos, the crazy, the unknown. We're in chapter Luke. As you guys get out your Bibles or your Bible app, join me. I'm going to get to what Hope read real quick, but we need to stop and park in Luke for a minute. I'm in Luke chapter 12. And just as you're opening up, I want to give you a little bit of context. For our teaching today, Luke, the book of Luke is written by Dr. Luke. Luke was a physician. He was also a Greek. And so details were really important to Luke. Some of the scholars say that his um, interpretation, his reading, uh, writing of uh, the birth of Jesus was somewhat like a physician in the bedside description. 
Luke was into details. Being a Greek, he was also into logic and systems. So he was most excellent at sharing God's word. He was a traveling companion of Paul. So through that, he got firsthand experiences with some of the folks that um, were around Jesus, that walked with Jesus. And he was able to share that with us today through his gospel. Luke told a lot of stories, um, took Jesus' stories, which were parables. They were simple stories that told a bold truth. The written word was not nearly as accessible as it, we have it today. So Jesus taught in stories that we can dial in and we can remember and we can tell and the kingdom can spread. So we're going to jump into a story right now that Luke shared and that Jesus is talking to a group of people. And this group of people are all um, most likely agrarian or farmers. So this is an important part of the story. And then right before I get in, I have to share. We as a church, as a global church, love to talk about God's love, his mercy, his faithfulness, and all beautiful things around that, which are all completely true. But we sidestep his judgment and his wrath. He can't be fully loving unless he can be fully judging at the same time. It's holy judgment and righteous judgment. I'm sharing that because the scripture I wanted to illustrate and highlight for you is judgment. And it's kind of hard to hear the first time. And I have to admit, I kind of shied away from it. But I felt the Lord encouraging me. So I'm in Luke 12. I'm in verse 54. And this is Jesus. He's talking to that crowd of farmers. And he said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain. And it does. And then the south wind blows and you say, it's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Kind of harsh, isn't it? When I first read it and when I first spent some time there, I wanted to stay and spend quite a bit of time there. And I want you guys to come back to that. here in an hour. I want you to come back to it and meditate on this afternoon. But if you guys can come with me now, we're going to walk through it. And we're going to see what I feel like God is showing and sharing through that message. So those first few words. Um, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain. Think of the crowd that he's speaking to. He's speaking to a, cloud, a crowd of farmers. Their knowledge of what they see and then what they do has to translate. They have to make the connections. They have to connect those dots. It's a matter of having food this winter or not. It's a matter of getting the crop in the ground or not. It's a matter of harvesting at the particular time or not. It's a matter of life or death to them. To see, to believe, and to act. See the sky, believe the outcome, act accordingly. Now, there wasn't a, today we have the tech sector, today we have apparel merchandising, today we have the restaurateurs. We're not as closely aligned with the land. Some of us, others of us wish we weren't so closely aligned with the land, but the illustration holds true today. I'm going to take it in a very, more of a fun way, but you're out mowing the yard, There's a cloud rising in the west. You know you have 45 minutes left. 
what do you do? If you're Sarah and Hannah, you put the pedal to the metal, you mow like crazy, you take the corners, and you hope mom doesn't miss the hydrangea that you mowed over. <laughs> but you finish. You see, you believe, you act. Over and over again. This week, so we're forecasted for some precipitation of some sort. The temperatures are supposed to do something. You're on your way to the mailbox. It's raining. It's visibly getting colder. You're getting chilly. The temperatures are definitely dropping. You know your trip to the mailbox yes, tomorrow is either going to be in snow boots or ice skates. You see, you believe, you act. That's what Jesus was illustrating to those people. That's he was talking to, just as he is illustrating to us today. And so the next bit, after he calls them hypocrites, and probably us too, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret the present time? So he's saying to them, he's pointing to them, to him, to who he was. He had been ministering alongside these folks for months, if not years. We're not quite sure on timeline. He had been healing. He'd been coming alongside and healing them and illustrating the power of God. He had been telling them time and time again, I am the Son of God. He had been feeding 5,000 with just these little loaves and fish. Again, illustrating God's love and power for this people. And he had told them just three chapters earlier, again, we're not quite sure if this was three days or three months, or we're not quite sure the sequence of time, but he had told them for the very first time, and he'd go on to tell them two more times, said, I am the Son of Man. I have come to save you. I will be rejected by the elders and the teachers of the law. I will have to die, but I will rise again. He asked them, to see, to believe, and to act. We have similar cues going on now in the world. I think there, there are cues that have, through the course of time, just like those folks in Judea, they had their cues. And God continues to ask us to see, to believe, and to act. If we look at the cues, the COVID, the economy, um, all these different pieces is a series of dots. We want to link them. We want to put them together. And too often, you and I turn to the world to link those pieces. If we go to Scripture, just like God was telling, Jesus was telling the Judeans, look to me. He's asking us to look to him too. Too often you and I turn on the um, turn on the TV and catch a major news story that has all kinds of expert interviews and scientific data with it, and then we begin to connect some dots. You know, that's logical. That makes sense. I could see that outcome. And then we see the world through that lens. We see the world through the lens of that, that media piece. Or we grab a, a commentator, or a podcast, or um, some other piece of, of national media, and we begin to look at the world through that lens. Now, I don't want to throw media under the bus. 
it's so important that we have a, a firm grasp on what's going on, whether it's a mix of fact and fiction, it most likely is, but to sort through that. Tom and I monitor several different uh, news venues on a daily basis. Sometimes I feel like we're the only people that still trek to the end of our driveway 365 days a year to get our paper copy of the Gazette. That's how important news is. But it's not everything. God asks us in the scripture to turn to him for truth. He is the one who shows the way. But we have to choose. I'm going to flip to John 16:33 that Hope read for us. And it addresses this. This is again Jesus' words. He says, I have told you these things so that in, my, in them you may have peace. He has told us. He has connected the dots. In this world you will have trouble. He knows, he sees. But take heart. I have overcome the world. We know the story. We know the beginning. You were made for a purpose, on purpose, and it is good. We know that sin entered in and took us all bondage. But we know God's great love. He came. He came for you. He came for me. He came for all people to break that bondage so that we can live with him and for him. And that little phrase in there, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. It's not a peace that's an eternity. It's a peace right now. It's a peace in the middle of COVID. It's a peace in the middle of not knowing exactly where the dollars are come to pay this next bill. It's a peace that's in the middle of a broken family relationship. He connected the dots. He still does connect the dots and he'll connect the dots forevermore. We have to choose where we're going to look where we're going to land. It's not a passive endeavor. It's active. It's not just showing up on Sunday morning. It's getting in. It's getting in the word of God and studying and finding and searching and asking the question and wrestling. It's praying. It's praying that he will open your eyes and open your heart to his words for you. I encourage you, it's a new year. We're coming into a new time. You can choose to connect the dots using the truth of God. I'm going to close with a short reading also in Luke. As Jim and the band are coming forward. And I love the promise that God has in this for us. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Friends, all you have to do is knock. I find myself, I got to knock about every day. As I say again and again. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. He's there 
He's in the middle, and he's ready to walk with you. He'll gently lead you along the way. I'll be over by the prayer room, just like Pastor Craig is every week. If you would like to come pray with a friend, if you'd like to call out to God, if you'd like to knock, it would be my privilege to pray with you. Thank you. Won't you stand with us? We're going to sing Wonderful, Merciful Savior. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the souls of men. Counselor, comforter, keeper, spirit we long to embrace. You offer hope when our hearts have hopelessly lost their way. Oh, we hopelessly lost the way. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace of hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. Almighty infinite Father, faithfully your own. Here in our weakness you find us falling before your throne. Oh, we're falling before your throne. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace of Hearts always hunger for, oh, our hearts always hunger for. You are the one that we praise, you are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace, hearts always hunger for, oh, our hearts always hunger for. Wonderful week, everyone. Thank you so much for coming.